Welcome to the College Scoops podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Melanie Telesnik on how eighth graders can prepare for high school. When you start freshman year, all the doors are open to all of these college experiences, and you want the ability to control if those doors are going to stay open or not. It's never nice to hear no. Sometimes things are just out of our control, but what we also want to make sure is that you kind of control that. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members and even a College Scoops care package. Melanie Telesnik has spent her professional career in a variety of settings. After graduating from the University of Delaware with a double major in marketing and management, she worked for the National Basketball Association. Despite the perks of travel and working with professional athletes, she felt unfulfilled, except when working with grassroots organizations to develop recreational programs for kids. This experience led Melanie to pursue a career in teaching and athletic coaching. She ultimately earned her master's degree in student personnel services from Montclair State University and a certificate in college counseling with distinction from UCLA. As a high school counselor for over 10 years, Melanie was always drawn to the college process. At the same time, utilizing her entrepreneurial nature, she founded AmitU Consulting to focus solely on working with students and families outside of the high school setting. Melanie is a professional member of the Independent Educational Consultants Association, a member of the Higher Education Consultants Association, and sits on the National Advisory Board for a private liberal arts university. Melanie is also a certified educational planner, a distinction held by only a handful of consultants in the state of New Jersey. She frequently attends conferences, workshops, and visits colleges and universities domestically and abroad. When not editing college essays, Melanie loves cheering for the New York Yankees, seeing Broadway plays, playing tennis, and going to the beach. Welcome to the College Scoops podcast, Melanie. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm pretty excited to be here. It's my first official podcast, so uh, (laughs) let's do it. You're going to be a star. I have no doubt about it. You've been a strong supporter of College Scoops for so long, so I greatly appreciate you coming on our series and sharing your expertise. You work with high school students all the time. Why? I feel like I've heard that question before. Like, why on earth do you want to work with teenagers? And working with teenagers was never the path that I thought I would take. I am a former business major. I graduated. I wanted to rule the business world. And I had this super cool job. I was working at the NBA. I was doing events and attractions and I was traveling and meeting celebrities. And one day sitting in my cubicle, I was kind of like, 
if I don't love this job in business, what else am I going to do? And I honestly, I called my mom from my cubicle and I was like, I want to be a high school guidance counselor. And my mom was like, um, you didn't really like school. Why would you want to do that? You have to go back. You have to get a master's in New Jersey at the time where I was living. You had to teach before you were a counselor. So there was going to be a process. It was kind of out of left field, this idea, but it was also one of those things where when I was working at the NBA, I did a lot of grassroots involvement. So I was around kids. And then also I am a former athlete. And part of me said, I think I want to coach. So I didn't want to be a teacher. So what other way could I do that? I'm going to get into schools. So became a high school counselor and totally fell in love with it. You know, I liked being around the kids. I liked being in the school environment and I liked everything that I got to do because of them. So they're funny. So there's so much there I never knew. So what sports do you play? I played soccer, softball and basketball. I had the opportunity to play in college and I was one of those people that chose not to play. And I don't regret it. Although some people say, are you sure you don't regret it? But I have gotten involved in a sorority instead. So that became my other team that I never had. And now I play a lot of tennis. So I still am active, but absolutely love it. And what did you end up coaching when you first came into teaching? Actually, I coached volleyball, which I never played before. So that was interesting. I coached softball and I coached soccer for the longest. So I loved it. And it was a lot of fun. And, and that's honestly how I got into college counseling, because my players would be like, hey, can you read my college essay? And can you tell me where you think I should go to college? And at that time, I was super young and I honestly used to make decisions like, okay, well, you remind me of my friend, Jamie, you should go to the University of Wisconsin. I mean, like that's how you originally started making decisions. I make better, well-informed decisions now, but that's honestly how I started was just interacting with them and trying to get them to find like that best fit for my students. I love that story. I mean, students must listen or read about your background and think, oh my gosh, you had quote unquote, what every student would ever want in terms of a job, working in the NBA and pursuing that, but then realizing that, you know, your true love was mentoring students mm -hmm. in various different capacities. So I think that's wonderful. And today we were going to really focus on eighth grade middle school. I think that was the worst year of my entire <laughs> life. I don't know about you, but I never mm -hmm. want to relive eighth grade. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of work that you do in terms of working with students and parents and helping them kind of prep for high school and inevitably college and getting a plan in place and a strategy and communicating about that. So can you just share a little bit about where you even begin? I think the first place to begin is to breathe. I think like that's kind of important. Let's not realize you haven't messed up your kids yet if we're talking to parents. So you're going to be okay here. And I think with students, it is a new transitional part of their lives, but it's something that I always say to kids and parents, think about those people that are a couple years older than you. They figured this out, so will you. And I think that's a big part of it is just to kind of breathe. I also think one of the things that you really have to start thinking about is starting to know and understand your student and who they are and what do they like? What don't they like? What's their work ethic? Are they willing to go for this more like whether it's honors or accelerated or AP type of path? 
what's their work ethic? Were they like me? And did they do their homework five minutes ahead of time in their study hall or during lunch? Or do they have these organization and study skills that will help them to succeed. So I think it's really important to almost kind of take that selfish glance at your kids and start to realize like, who are they? And I also think the next part is that, yes, you can transition from eighth grade to ninth grade, and then something different can happen from ninth to 10th as well. And most students will get into college. I don't think the things that you do freshman year are going to be, you know, that definitive reason of like, oh my God, I've totally mess up my child and now nothing good's going to ever happen for them. I think it's just kind of really starting to talk to your kids and understand what do they like? What don't they like? If they don't like to read, going to an honors English class is probably not the best option. But if they're like, oh my, I think my math class is pretty cool. Well, that may be something to explore further. But I think it's really just kind of knowing and understanding your kids and then seeing what's out there for them. I love how you're actually taking the approach of parents first. We always say about the kids, self-reflect, what do you like? But you're actually taking it at a higher level. As parents, we've been supporters and advocates for our kids for so long. And I can attest to this, I've made the mistake so many times. You get into that college framework and you're like, don't you wanna pursue soccer at Dartmouth? Isn't that such a great you know, school? And your son or daughter's like, I, I play soccer, but I don't necessarily wanna continue in college. So it's such a great way to sit back and check yourself and make sure that you're really thoughtful. Totally. And that's where, you know, a lot of parents talk about the we in this process. And I always say to parents, like, we aren't doing anything. You're not taking their science class. You're not taking their SATs. You may be paying for it. So that may be the we aspect of it. But at the end of the day, it's a partnership, but your kids are still doing everything. And do your kids want to study really late at night or you may want to take honors biology, but they don't. And I think that's the part of it that the we always cuts a little uh, foggy. It does. And <laughs> blurred. It's blurred, not foggy. Somebody will say, you just mentioned we. It's kind of like, oh, the checking, like, I didn't mean to do that. And it's something that I think is easy to fall into that trap. But once you're called on it, you kind of, <laughs> it's embarrassing. And it's kind of like, you're right. <laughs> we can't continue to do this. But I also think that your point on ninth grade is the start of a four-year journey and you grow so much. I mean, I look at my kids and how much they change from freshman year to sophomore year in high school to when they were a senior. And we're a school that might be a good fit in freshman year, depending upon that student's four-year journey. I mean, it could be something totally different. So you first have the conversations with parents in terms of their attitude, their approach, and kind of how they can support their students going forward. So with the student perspective, what's your game plan and strategy? We often talk to the kids about being authentic and being real and trying to figure out, well, if you want to go to college, these are the things that you have to do. You have to take good classes. You should be enrolled in at least five academic classes a year. You need to also be concerned about, depending on where you live, what are the graduation requirements and thinking about that school will hopefully get better and better each year and really trying to look at 
everything, looking at the core classes, looking at the electives, looking at your extracurriculars. How are you going to round yourself out to be this applicant? And what I often talk to kids about is that when you start freshman year, all the doors are open to all of these college experiences. And you want the ability to control if those doors are going to stay open or not. It's never nice to hear no. Sometimes things are just out of our control. But what we also want to make sure is that you kind of control that. And how can I do that? Well, I'm going to focus on my grades because at the end of the day, your transcript is the most important. And then after your transcript, then we're going to get into activities and essays and letters of recommendation and demonstrated interests and summer programs and all this kind of stuff. So you really want to make sure that you kind of control that. So we always talk to the kids about what do you like? What do you want to do? And kind of like, what do you have to do? A lot of states, there's an art requirement. And if somebody said to me, like, you have to draw to graduate from high school, that would have been a problem for me. But instead, if you find art could be photography, art could be TV production, art can be ceramics. There's so many ways that you can fulfill that where, you know, you don't have to be Picasso, but you can do something that you might find enjoyable, but that you also need to do to graduate from high school. So I think just looking at that full picture and saying like, what do I have to do? What do I want to do? And then take it from there. I love that approach. And especially when you talk about to the arts in terms of I'm with you, if you had to tell me what to draw, I couldn't do it. But mm -hmm. there's so many other opportunities now that students have really that we didn't have trying to look at that approach of what do you like and what's available that's also picking classes that will differentiate you too mm -hmm. because you're doing something that you really like and there's no point in getting a c in an art class <laughs> there's opportunities for you to shine and really do something that you enjoy and maybe even find that you'd like to pursue in college so you start with the basics in terms of that foundation are there lessons learned that are gotcha's lost opportunities that you always like to highlight to students? I think it's just starting to think about you're telling your story through your academic journey, through your activities, through everything. Missed opportunities, that's the part that I think is really great about freshman year is you don't have to have it all figured out. I think that I would use my freshman year to say like, Maybe I do want to try the chorus. Maybe I do want to try out for the soccer team. Maybe I want to get involved in the key club for community service. And, you know, I think it's just taking the risk and putting yourself out there to try these new things to see like if this is something that sticks. Being able to go to a meeting for 30 minutes and if it ends up being the worst experience of your life, like it was 30 minutes, you'll be okay. But I also think that when it comes to your academics, the question that most colleges often ask when they're evaluating a transcript, it says, are you taking the most academically rigorous schedule you can handle? And I think that when you're looking at rigor, kind of like what we were talking about before is, are you challenging yourself? Are you taking classes within areas that you're really interested in? And that could be computer science. And, you know, if technology is exciting to you, make sure that I would say that one of the fallbacks would be like almost looking ahead to see what are some of the prerequisites for classes that I need to take. So for instance, when 
students are interested in computer science, do they have to take the computer programming class first? And, you know, that way, then do that early on so that I can make these plans as I move further. Or at one of the high schools that I work with a lot of students at, there's a sports marketing class and everyone's like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing. However, you needed to take marketing first. So I almost have students and parents look through the course guide, see what looks exciting, circle what you really like. And if sports marketing is something that you really like, and that sounds great, then make sure you take marketing. And I think that may be like, I'll say one of the fallbacks or one of the, uh, you know, regrets of things that if I wish I knew then, just kind of looking ahead to like creating almost that four year plan, but make sure you're doing it in pencil because things change all the time. Just like you said, your kids were way different from freshman year to senior year. As long as you use a pencil, you can always make changes. And, but just kind of plotting it out that way. When you look at it from that perspective, as you said, you can mix and match. You're gonna have to make choices too. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna say, okay, if there are prerequisites, like when is the smartest way to do that? Because you would hate to have one semester or one year where you're really, let's say, heavy on the math curriculum and then thinking that's really difficult. That's not easy for me. And therefore the grades will reflect that. So you mentioned too, that colleges are looking for the most rigorous and you always hear that, but I always hear too, is it better to get that A in a basic math course versus a B minus in the honors? What mm -hmm. advice do you have for students there? I could give you the witty response that yes. admissions officers give you and say, we'll get an A in the, the AP honors. or honors class. And I wish that were true. But I think you want to also focus on balance. If you're working really hard to get that B in the honors class, and it's not impacting your other grades, then my suggestion is going to be to stay in that class because you're doing it. And I know that some of us look at grades and they say, well, a B is not good enough. I think it's important to realize a B is above average. And we need to realize that there's a whole world out there, not the tiny microcosm of the area that we're really focused in. So I think like that's really important. My advice would be that as long as you can keep a B or better in that honors or AP class or that mix of honors and AP classes, then you're in the right place because colleges are again going to say like, is this child challenging themselves? If you're getting all A's and you're challenged, that's okay too, because again, that's shaping your story. And, you know, like this is where I'm most comfortable. I'm most comfortable in my college prep classes, or I'm most comfortable in a mix of college prep and honors classes. So I think like you have to see how that story shapes out. If you're a math and science kid, maybe that's where you're going to take the rigor. But in English and social studies in your world language, you might be scaling it back because you get to focus in the areas that you really like. So I really think balance is going to be something that's really important. And I want you to have a life outside of school too. Well, that's the other thing because you look at it and you mentioned story. There has to be a story that's through your application looking at not only the academic side, but what did you do from an extracurricular and how did you engage in the community? So that's really important to make sure that there is a story that is authentic and organic, but makes sense. Like it's just not mm -hmm. a bunch of hundred different things just to check off the list that you right. thought they wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And your story can have bumps in the road. That's real life. And you know, not everything is going to be perfect. And if you do hit an obstacle, like 
you tried to take that honors class and your grade just wasn't where you wanted it to be, you can add that to part of your story and add that to part of your application. Or if at the beginning you tried a bunch of activities and I always use the story that I had a girl who loved being involved in student council and every year she ran for student council and lost. And she wrote her whole story about what it was like to be a loser, but what did she do and what did she learn from being a loser? So there's all different ways to really kind of shape and share who you are. Absolutely. And she and turned out just fine, by the way. Those are the growth moments that you have, even in the most challenging course, that may end up being a teacher that you want to reach out to for a recommendation. And that may actually add to the story in terms of your persistence and your grit and trying to learn to the best that you can and do the best that you can in that class. And maybe that was B and maybe that was like an unbelievable B and worthy mm -hmm. of all recognition for that. So in terms of when you're looking at that four year out kind of time frame and trying to plan out from an academic standpoint, Point and looking at it too from summer and activities. Is there any guidance that you have in taking that same strategy from an extracurricular point that you apply to the academic? As we're going from eighth grade to ninth grade, one of the things that we have to look at is that these students have had a heck of a past couple of years. My first reaction is let the kids be kids this summer. If they want to go to camp, if you're going to travel as a family, if our world is going to be normal, let's be normal. However, if you're also like, gee, my child really likes math and it would be great for them to take a math enrichment program. Great. I'm never one to say like, let's make them do something because that's just really going to be miserable. Like summer is our time for exploring. It could be time to explore making my academics better. I had a student who wanted to be a stand-up comic and he found like some really cool improv programs and script writing and things like that. Let your kid be a kid and go do and explore their interests or if they want to go to camp or have the opportunity to play summer baseball or whatever it is. Like that's what you want your summer to be. You can make your summers more focused as they go through. And that could be even as important as eventually getting a job. There are so many different things that you could do with your summers, but I think part of it should also be a time to detox as well. But yes, you can do some really cool academic things. Yes, you can travel. Yes, you can explore your interests. It's pretty rare that I'm going to say that summer is going to make or break a college application because a lot of summer programs are pay to play, which means that if I'm really interested in saving the turtles and I go to Costa Rica, like that's amazing. And you were able to talk about this experience, but you also just paid a lot of money to go do some community service where you can do community service in your backyard. Am I going to discourage you from going to Costa Rica? No, because I think it's an incredible experience and I want you to do it, but just don't do it because you think like that's going to look really good for college. Do stuff that's going to help you shape who you are and still be a kid for a little while longer. I think that's so refreshing. It's so nice and to it's hear. it's true. It mm -hmm. is. And I think some of the times when you talk about the things that you could do, I just pick up a book and read something that's not on the required reading what I was list say. or take out that journal and start to write not what somebody else wants you to write, just whatever you comes to mind, which I think you get to be so programmed 
and you kind of lose the ability to be unstructured. And I think that's something that's, as you said, it's a great detox and healthy for the mind to be mm -hmm. able to do that. And I will support your reading comment. And that was on something that I wanted to say. And I also always say it doesn't have to be a book. Like if you want to make sure that you read the ESPN statistics every day, or I'm guilty of it, I check entertainment weekly all the time and see what's going on. Like that reading is eventually going to be very good for test prep, because what we've learned, especially like in our world of scrolling through things is we're skimmers, we're not readers. And becoming a reader is going to eventually help you on standardized testing in your classes. We don't read things from beginning to end anymore. And that's something that I really encourage students to do all the time is I don't care what you're reading, but read it from beginning to end. And your point on what type of reading? I remember one amazing English teacher said to me once, it doesn't matter that it's not X book. If he wants to read Hardy Boys or Captain Underpants, go for it. Let him read because that is something that is just going to get that student just in unstructured and just reading and you never know what will come out of that. So that's the whole point. So that's one of the best ways to kind of kick off a summer. We always used to say like, what's on your reading list? And it's no judgment, mm -hmm. just whatever it is, just enjoy. So in terms of great advice for the summer, great advice in terms of working from a parent point of view and a student point of view, kind of looking at four years and what your particular high school offers in terms of a curriculum. As you go through any type of advice that you have as students progress through high school, some key pointers and recommendations for keeping on track? Part of it is working on your organization and study skills. I think the other part of it is also establishing those relationships, meeting your teachers, understanding like who they are, what are their expectations, even getting to know their likes and dislikes. I was talking to one of my students last night and he is a rock climber. We don't have a lot of those in New Jersey. And, um, he was like, I was talking to my English teacher and he also climbs and now we're going to start a club. Like, that's so cool. There's another teacher, like a lot of my students are big into sneakers and there's another teacher that they all started to notice, like the teacher wears the coolest sneakers every day. And, you know, so, you know, finding out that your teachers are also real people will eventually help you get excited about a different subject matter, maybe get interested in the books that they're reading, you know, like your teachers are normal people too. And I think that that's something to realize. And those relationships will eventually help you later on. Go down and say hi to your school counselor. I, that's something really interesting. Just kind of exploring what the school has to offer. I remember one of the high schools, like I happen to really love theater. I didn't know that that my high school had a whole like stagecraft community. And you're like, wow, well, I can't perform because nobody wants to hear me sing. But like, how else can I get involved in my school community? That's the sort of stuff that you really want to go and explore and see what's going on. Because colleges at the end of the day are looking for people who are going to contribute to their community. Is it okay that you watch Netflix? You can watch some Netflix. Can you play video games? You could play video games, but what else are you doing with your time? Because college wants to know what are you going to do to add to our community? We hope that you're not just going to sit in your dorm room and study. We want you to get involved in what else that we have to offer too. And I think like by 
doing that within your high school and exploring the resources and seeing what your community has allows you to continue to branch out and develop who you are. And you're going to be a better person. You're going to like yourself so much better because you're going to be doing things that you enjoy with people that you may not have ever, as you said, perfect example, that one student who loves rock climbing found out that his teacher liked rock climbing. That shows all of a sudden leadership, starting a club on something that you truly enjoy. It's something that as students, it's hard to do first, but once they start doing it, that curiosity and continues to grow and it just becomes more fun and easier for students. And then as parents, any advice that you would give to that parents as we progress through the high school years? I always say that your kids are going to be okay. And I think you're going to be okay too. I think it's like some of that reinforcement that you can do it. And I also think that it's talking to your kids. Listen, I'm a college counselor. I don't want you to talk to your kid about college every day. That's going to be like super stressful, but kind of encouraging them to, if you think that they're watching too much Netflix, what's something that we can both do? Um, There's a, a young men's service league that moms and their sons can volunteer at together. You know, so if you're looking for a way to get your kid out of the house, maybe that's something that you have to do. But I think it's just little things that realizing that they're going to be okay, that you can help them make these choices and educating yourself, being on this podcast, learning what else is out there in the community and just trying to also realize We don't think we're that old, but things have changed since we were in high school and we were in college and realizing what else is going on in the world and how you can best support your kid. I could not agree more. And I'll give you a good example of this. I remember saying to my kids, I just picked two things at the beginning of the summer that you're going to do with me. And it could be anything, but I just, I want to have that opportunity with you. My oldest, we would go on a walk. And inevitably, I'm the type of person who, when I say I'm going to go on a walk or on a bike ride, Melanie, you're an athlete, you would know. I'll say, oh, it's just a mile, but everyone knows it's three times. So (laughs) fast forward, this past Monday, my son called up and he has now graduated. He's in a new neighborhood. We happen to have the opportunity to, to live near him for a short time frame. And he called up and he said, I researched the top 10 most strenuous walks in our area. (laughs) And there was silence. And I'm like, do you want me to come? And we went on this hike that he told me was eight and a half miles that ended up being 10.4 miles. Uh, Payback. (laughs) That's what he said. He said, this is payback for all the times, but we always enjoyed it after the fact, mom. So I know you're going to appreciate it when we finish it. (laughs) So those are the things that I think are really just fun to create lasting memories with your kids to do some things Mm -hmm. that you may enjoy or they may enjoy and they're dragging you on that journey on that activity Mm -hmm. it's a great way to um share funny memories that will continue on thank you so much for all that great advice we always love to ask our guests two last questions what do you wish you knew before attending college i wish that i knew that There were so many options out there that I had the ability to control those doors. I also think that it's kind of important for everybody to understand that colleges are offices of admission, not offices of denial. So even though it feels like this cutthroat, most colleges have over like a 70% acceptance rate. So you will get in. There are lots of options out there and just kind of make the most of those experiences and just take advantage of what's out there and try your best, 
but it's okay to mess up. It will all work out. Absolutely. And nothing, finding that place where you have a community, that's where that comes in, that whole social fit and making sure that academically there's a fit. But if you're not happy and you're not growing outside of the classroom and finding people that you can learn with and grow with and have long lasting friendships with, at the end of the day, that is what will make you successful in who you are and what you want to do. Do you have a favorite dessert place on a college campus or food place? Immediately when I hear dessert outside of a college campus, I'm going to go straight to an insomnia cookie. I think there is nothing better than a warm cookie. I like all their flavors, but I have to go back to my old faithful. I graduated from the University of Delaware. I'm going to go salty and sweet and salty. I'm going to say we're going to Kate's for nachos. They have the best nachos and it's right on Main Street. And for sweet, University of Delaware also has a creamery. I don't think that you can go wrong with that mix. And I'm pretty sure there's an insomnia cookie on Main Street. So really, I can do it all still at the place where I called home for so long. So that's what I would do. That's why we get along, the salty and sweet. I'm all about Uh, that. There's nothing wrong with that combination. And when you think of it, who would have ever thought that Two college kids could come up with, or one, I forget if it's one or two that came up with insomnia. I mean, kids are a lot smarter than we think they are. They are. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's brilliant. It was nothing new. It was new in how they marketed it. And you're a marketing person. So you must have been Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, can't believe I didn't think of that. We'll think of something, Melanie, you and I. I'm on it because (laughs) man, something has to support my tennis career from here. So we need to come up with that. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Melanie, for sharing all those really great tips, not only for students, but for parents and helping them as they navigate the transition from middle school to high school. This was awesome. Thanks for being gentle for my first podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Melanie, for all the advice you have given to parents and students about the transition from middle school to high school, taking the time to reflect on your students' interests and strengths, while also balancing what they need to accomplish allows for the creation of a four-year plan that can help a student navigate high school. While having an academically rigorous plan with extracurriculars is critical, making sure that there is a balance in your student's life is just as important. You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com slash podcast. You can learn more about Melanie and admit you on their website, admityouconsulting.com. Please take a couple minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.